0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit GeorgiaFaith.com. Thank you for listening. As many of you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, so please permit me a story from a Brewers baseball game this morning. When I was about 11 years old, I went to a game with my dad and some friends and we got there early because we wanted to watch batting practice and get a hot dog and things like that. So we go into the stadium and we're in our seats and, you know, we're watching batting practice, eating a hot dog, when suddenly two staff members from the Brewers come down to our seats and specifically they, they come up to me and they ask me if I want to be the junior announcer for the, for the game that night. And so that would mean that in the bottom of the fourth inning, I would get to announce the first three batters for the Brewers. They give you like the microphone to the entire stadium. An (laughs) 11-year-old. Now why they chose me, some kid who probably had ketchup on his face and a mouthful of hot dog, out of the thousands of other kids in the stadium, I don't know. I don't know why they chose me. But that feeling of being invited is an awesome feeling, isn't it? Whether big or small, we like that feeling. It it, it could be something like being invited to a friend's house or being invited to Starbucks on your birthday for a free drink. Or it could be something big like being invited to a new position at work or being invited to marry someone. That feeling of being invited is a great feeling. But not all invitations have the same implications. That free drink at Starbucks, if you decide not to go on your birthday, you can go the next day and you're only out 7 or $8. But that invitation to marry someone How you answer that question will impact your entire life. Today, in the parable before us, Jesus talks about invitations. But the stakes of the invitation that he's talking about are massive. In fact, they're life or death. In the parable today, we're going to be confronted with God's punishing judgment. And also God's relentless effort to invite more and more guests into his feast. Maybe you remember from last week, Jesus was telling a trio of parables to these religious leaders in the temple. And last week he had called them out for being Wicked workers in a vineyard that was not producing any fruit. And so Jesus told them that the vineyard would be taken from them and given to people who would produce fruit. Jesus' urgent and confronting language continues in the parable today. You see, Jesus is just days away from being killed. And this is one of his last conversations with these religious leaders. And so while his language might seem harsh, he's actually calling out to them in love. Calling to them for one of the last times to repent. And so Jesus tells this story. There's a king who's throwing a wedding banquet for his son. And the king spares no expense. He has the best foods, the best drinks, the best decorations, and everything's ready. And so he tells his servants, go out and tell the guests it's time. It's time to celebrate. The day's here. But the guests refused to come. The king is puzzled, but he gathers more servants together and says, look, take this message. I have butchered the finest meats. I've made the best preparations. Everything's ready. Come, let's celebrate. But it says that the guests paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. What does the king do? Verse 7 tells us that the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. It's at this point in the parable that that we're confronted with the massive stakes of this invitation. You see, refusing the invitation and refusing the generosity of the king is not a neutral act. To refuse the invitation of the king is to dishonor his kindness In generosity. And more than that, to refuse the invitation dishonors the son. The stakes of this invitation are life and death. But the king would not allow his banquet to be poorly attended. And so the king sends out his servants to search the city and to invite anyone they could find to enjoy the feast. In verse 8 it says, The king said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone who you find. When I read this, I I can almost imagine the king. He's looking at all this food that he's prepared and he's thinking about all the time that he's spent preparing this fantastic feast and so he tells his servants, go. Find anyone you can. I'll I'll, I'll keep the food warm. Find anyone you can to come to the feast. The king Was pleased to celebrate with anyone who would come. However, there is an exception. You see, there's a guest who dishonored the son. And so the king, he saw what was going on. The guy wanted the free food. But he didn't honor the son. And so he was bound hand and foot and thrown out into the darkness. Do you get it? You see, in the, in the Old Testament, God had set these people, these people who Jesus was talking to, God had set them aside as his chosen and first invited guests. With these words, Jesus was pleading with them. Not to dishonor the Messiah, the king's son, who was and is the reason for the feast. But these religious leaders refused. And just days later, the Messiah was killed. God did preserve a remnant from among these people. But he also extended his invitation to all nations. You see, he never stopped inviting people to come to his feast. Still to this day, the king is inviting guests to his feast. And so as the servants of the king continue to search for more guests... Where does the king's invitation find you today? Are you lonely? Is there tension in your marriage or another important relationship? Are you stuck in a sin that you swore to yourself that you would never do again? Is your body failing you? Are you worried about your kids? Are you haunted by your past? Do you wonder if if God could really love you? Here, it's it's an invitation from the king. It says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It says, I will destroy the sheet that covers all nations. I will swallow up death forever. It says, I, the sovereign Lord, will wipe away the tears from your face. It says, never again will you hunger Never again will you thirst. It says, see, I have prepared a feast of rich food for all peoples. A banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. It says, I, the Lord, will be your God. And you will be my people. You see, the thing about invitations is that the who and the what matter a lot. You see, if my wife told me that she got a babysitter and that we were going to go shoe shopping together, I'd be happy. I'd be excited. I love time with my wife. But if pastor said, Hey, Vicar, we're going to go shoe shopping. I'd come up with any excuse that I could think of not to have to go with him. But if pastor said, Hey, Vicar, I got tickets on the 50-yard line to the Georgia game. I'd say, great, I think I could clear my schedule. This invitation is from the king. From the God who loved you so much and wanted you at his feast so badly that he gave up his son on the cross for you. Of course, the son didn't stay dead. And so this feast is a celebration of the lamb who was slain, but who now lives. And he's invited us to celebrate his victory with him. My friends in Christ, the king has invited you to the celebration of his son. On that day when we feast with him forever in heaven, we will say these words with Isaiah. Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Amen.